Welcome to the sermon podcast of Faith Lutheran Church in Oregon, Wisconsin, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ crucified and the promises of God that our faith clings to. For more information, visit us online at faithlutheranoregon.com. Ever notice when you go to an event with a lot of people, maybe not right now, but uh, a while back, maybe to uh, a fireworks display, the 4th of July fireworks, or uh, a championship basketball game, or an NFL game, or, or, or whatever, uh, that the exact second that that event ended, or maybe even a little bit before while the fireworks were still going off, uh, about half the people got up and, and, and made a beeline to the door, tried to beat the crowd home. And you might have even heard them saying, uh, come on, we've got to beat the crowd, we've got to get out of here. And it seems that every year, more uh, and more people uh, leave earlier. People get more and more impatient and leave earlier and earlier. I can't believe all the people that leave even before the end credits of a Marvel movie. Even when we were having a church in person, uh, I, I know that there was a few of you who liked to, to get up uh, even before the last hymn. As soon as the benediction was said, we got to get out here, we got to get that, that good uh, church coffee. I mean, I know church coffee is good, but... But do you think that's what the ascension was like? Uh, in addition to the 11 apostles, there's probably a large crowd gathered outside of Bethany in Galilee on the Mount of Olives uh, as Jesus is ascended. And after Jesus was hid from, from their sight, I, I bet that no one moved a muscle. They just stood there with their mouths wide open, gazing into heaven with their eyes squinting uh, up into the sky. What could this possibly mean, they, they must have thought, trying to, to comprehend the fact that Jesus was no longer with them. What, what does this mean? Uh, Jesus had been with them virtually, and not just virtually, but, but physically there every step of the way for the last three years. But now what does it mean for them? Uh, how are they supposed to live as Christians without Christ actually physically present? And I know they were standing there staring up in the sky because that's what Luke actually tells us in the book of Acts. He says they were looking intently into the sky as he went away. Suddenly two men in white robes stood beside them. They said, men of Galilee, why are you standing here looking up in the sky? This same Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. It would seem that, that of all the times to not leave right away and actually hang out for a while, this would be it. And yet the angels very lovingly say, what are you doing here? Uh, go, get out of here, go. But they say this, they say the disciples should, should get out of here and go into the world because the ascension of Jesus is more than simply an event. Yes, it's an event that it actually really happened uh, but we don't praise Jesus here. We don't celebrate the ascension because Jesus simply defied gravity and rose from the earth. The ascension isn't just an event. The ascension is a promise. And it's a promise that, that's threefold. First, it's a promise that has to do with where Jesus ascended to. The angels say he has been taken from you into heaven. But what does this mean? Where? We confess every week, as we just did in the Apostles' Creed, 
He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. We heard the the text, one of the texts this is based on today in our intro from Psalm 47. God has gone up with a shout, the Lord with the sound of a trumpet. God reigns over the nations. God sits on his holy throne. Psalm 47 was, was likely written over a thousand years before the ascension. And yet it describes perfectly what Jesus' ascension means. That Jesus is going to sit at his Father's right hand and rule over all creation. Our opening hymn that we sing, a hymn of glory let us sing, is attributed to a guy known as the Venerable Bede. Bede lived in the 600s A.D. And Bede gets this. Bede says that Christ... Uh, in, in the first verse of them, he says, Christ, by a road before untrod, ascendeth to the throne of God. Now, certainly, Christ's ascension is unique. But Christ wasn't even the first to ascend, even in the Bible. Uh, we think of Elijah, who was taken up into heaven by a whirlwind. We think of Enoch, who walked with God on his way to heaven. And, and so how can Bede say in the hymn here that Christ ascendeth uh, on this road untrod? Well, Jesus is not going just to heaven. He's passing beyond everything created, even beyond heaven itself, and ascending to the heaven of heavens, that is, to his heavenly throne. Or as Paul said in the epistle for Rogate Wednesday, for yesterday, Christ is seated at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule, authority, power, and dominion, and above every name that is given, not only in this age, but also the one to come. Realize what this actually means, and it's extraordinary. This is not just a high and lofty God who, who just wanted to get away from us poor humans and sit on his throne far away from us. This is the same Christ who is born lowly into the world as our brother. He ascended to rule not for his own self-satisfaction, but for our benefit, for the benefit of his brothers, for us. A Lutheran commentator, Paul Kretzmann, says this about the ascension. And he says that because Christ left, we can believe that we can either believe that the Bible, the whole Bible is fake because we can't see Jesus anymore. Or we can know that God once walked among us and now we have a friend in heaven who knows what all that earth and time and pain can do to man. Who knows what all that earth and time and pain can do to man. Yes, Christ even knows what time apart from each other and time away from the sanctuary can do to man. And one of the things that we admire and we actually seek in our earthly leaders is whether or not they know us, whether or not they understand my circumstance, whether or not they will rule in my best interests. And, and if they're going to do that, then they better 
get to know me or at least get to know people like me and, and not simply just sit far away somewhere comfortably in their, in their big mansion. Christ ascended to rule only after he descended to earth and came to know us, to live with us, to experience every pain that we go through so that he could rule all creation as our friend and brother. You've probably heard of the floods in Michigan, in Midland, Michigan, which has uh, flooded our sister congregation, Holy Scripture, with at least uh, waist-deep water. It would be very easy to think that things like this, with things like this, that, that Jesus isn't actually in control over all of creation. But yet, even in terrible situations such as this, Jesus is still ruler over creation. Jesus still has absolute power over disease, over storms, over nature, over fire, over water, and even over death. And while these things are permitted to happen, while things like floods are, are still permitted to happen, Christ doesn't permit them uh, to, to happen simply because he hates us or he wants to teach us a lesson. Rather, in his mercy, he allows these things to happen so that our minds and our eyes are, are, are not fixed solely on the things of this world, but on heaven. But Christ also doesn't want our eyes to be fixed only on heaven, to the exclusion of the world that we live in now. And that's why the angels tell the disciples to get out of there. Jesus has the world under control, so go out into it. Now this does not mean to have an attitude of defeatism, uh, so that one might uh, say, especially now in our day when, when things are reopening from the pandemic, uh, and say, well, I'm going to die anyway, uh, and I know I'm going to heaven, so I'm going to do whatever I want. That's not what the angels meant. Christ has put us in this world not to, not to serve ourselves, not so we can serve ourselves, but so that we can serve our neighbor, whoever that might be. And we should be thinking at all times, how, how does my behavior or actions or attitude affect those around me? Would my actions cause offense or harm to someone else? Our, our eyes should be fixed on heaven, yes, but our arms should be outstretched to the world. And this can be draining. It can be weary. It's a burden to think of others first before ourselves. Because frankly, this sinful world needs a lot of help. But here's the second promise of the ascension. The very last thing that Jesus did before he ascended was lift up his hands and bless them. And while he was blessing them, he was taken up into heaven. This is the last thing, the last physical sight that anyone on earth saw of Jesus. Jesus' hands still pierced uh, from the nails were raised in blessing over them. And that blessing is that he is with us always, even to the end of the age. The second promise of the ascension is that even though we can't physically see Jesus, he is closer now 
than ever. Just like our Old Testament lesson from Isaiah said, he's closer to us now with his comfort and blessing. So even when your world is turned upside down, your home destroyed, a sickness and death all around you, you feel burnt out from serving others, or you simply feel all alone, Jesus is with you with his blessing, his comfort, and aid. He is with you as your friend who knows what all the earth and time and pain can do to man. The great hymn, Abide With Me, is about this very thing. Abide With Me is based on the end of Luke's gospel, uh, from when Jesus is appearing to the Emmaus disciples and they ask him to abide with them in, in Luke 24, all the way to the ascension in Luke 25, when Jesus ascends to truly abide with his whole church. The author of the hymn, Henry Francis Lyon, or Light, was an old pastor in London. Uh, Light was uh, apparently obviously nearing his own death, uh, but he announced that he intended uh, to preach one more time and to administer communion one more time to his congregation. His family uh, was alarmed and frightened. They feared for his own health, what, what danger he would put his own health in. And they tried to talk him out of it, but, but he said somewhat playfully, it's better to wear out than to rust out. And so he preached and assisted with communion one more time. And that evening he placed into the hands of a dear relative the hymn, Abide With Me. I'd like you to look with me at verses 3 and 4. It's the very next hymn that we'll sing in our service folder. Verse 3 is this. Not a brief glance, I beg, a passing word, but as thou dwellst with thy disciples, Lord, familiar, condescending, patient, free, come not to sojourn, but abide with me. Come not in terrors as the king of kings, but kind and good with healing in thy wings. Tears for all woes, a heart for every plea. O friend of sinners, thus abide with me. Here's the third promise of the ascension. It's exactly what the angels said. Christ will come back in the same way that he has gone up into heaven. Jesus, who has ascended and sits at the Father's right hand, in control over all things, is the same Jesus who dwelt with his disciples, who condescended to them, as the hymn says, out of his own free will, who was patient with them uh, in their weaknesses, uh, whom they got to know as a close friend. Uh, this same Jesus, uh, who as he left them, blessed them, and blessed us. It, it's this same Jesus that will come again to judge the living and the dead, not in terror as the King of Kings, but kind and good with healing in his wings. So don't just stand there wondering where Jesus has gone or what he's going to do. He's at the Father's right hand right hand of the heavenly places, ruling all things 
for your benefit. He abides with you even now with his blessing. And he'll come back to bring you to the mansions of heaven. So may the blessing of the ascended Jesus be with you, that he abides with you always. So go. Get out of here with joy. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, forevermore. Amen.